Welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You are joined by me, your host, David Davenport. We've also got Tim in the room. How are you doing, Tim? Are you okay? Yeah, very well, mate. Very well. It's um, nice to have someone uh, take the reins of the Fantasy Football Podcast, but I'm here just to just to make sure the transition is a smooth one, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah. I like the uh, the trust element there. It's, it's, uh, it's getting there, but not, not quite. You, you're here just to, to keep that watchful eye over me. But um, yeah, really yeah. glad to be here as well. And uh, we're also joined by Dave. How are you doing, Dave? You okay? I'm good, Dave. Good to have another Dave on board as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> just good. Yeah, just that uh, good solid name, name isn't it? Yeah. yeah, good, thank you. And like I say, yeah, glad to be here. Are we all missing football? Uh, yeah, just a little bit, I think. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, uh, rookie, rookie drafts kind of in the go so far, can't they? Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to get about it now. Yeah, and it's it's that it's that point of the season that we say every year. It's that dark window now where we've got we've we've had the combine, we've had the draft, we've had the free agency, we've had all of that, and now it's it's just the the painful time to the uh, to the preseason. But it is a hundred days until well, we're supposed to have the kickoff between the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. So a um, hundred days until we get. The kickoff, whether we're going to have any fans in the stadium, whether we're going to have any games at all, it, it remains to be seen. But um, I'd say it looks positive. We've got the return of the English sports, uh, particularly the, the soccer, if you like, uh, snooker, horse racing return this week. So I'd say it's encouraging signs that we will see NFL football again come September. Yeah, and if you're, if you're an LA Chargers fan, it doesn't really matter if there's fans in the stadium or not. <laughs> same anyway. No, definitely. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. <laughs> yeah, the only team that I have home field advantage with no fans in the stadium. Brilliant. Yeah, definitely. So this this podcast is centered around the dynasty world for those dynasty players amongst you. And today, what we will be looking at is players that you should sell high. So the hype train has well and truly left the station. Everybody is aboard it, and these are the players that you need to be on offboarding now, whilst their price is the highest. And also the buy lows. Who are the players that have gone under the radar, that perhaps performed higher last season than you expected them to have, and who will be having a breakout 2020? So this is all relative to your dynasty team. So you could be in an all-in all mode where you're perhaps willing to, to sell out your next few drafts just to get that title. Or it could be that you are a rebuild mode whereby you are looking at the future and you want to stash a few extra picks or you want those players that perhaps have their rookie year last year or this year and uh, that are definitely progress players. So Dynasty, it's a format that I believe is becoming more and more popular in the UK. Um, for me, particularly the last few years have been very much centred around redraft, but um, the Dynasty market has exploded here. Tim, how many, how many leagues are you in, Dynasty? Oh, too many. Um, yeah, I've say I've only been doing Dynasty for a couple of years, and it's that just I've managed to get some of my friends who are hardcore redrafters, and they that one of them 
uh, Chris Carpenter. I know he listens to the podcast, so I'll shout him out anyway. But he can't get enough of of, of Dynasty. He's got like six six or seven picks in the next uh, couple of drafts. He can't he can't get enough of the the rookie hype. But um, yeah, he's like a converted now hardcore Dynasty, albeit only in his infancy of of being in Dynasty. But I'm um, pro- I'm probably in one two probably about five or six Dynasties, and I'd say I'm cutting down a lot of my free leagues. I, I kind of like just playing for money leagues now because otherwise, you know, it's, it's quite easy to lose interest, even in COVID when you've got 25 hours of the day to uh, <laughs> to do trades and do all the rest of it but yeah it's, it's, there's just a difference between something where you've got a tenner on a, on a league entry where compared to nothing um, even listener leagues and stuff is just, just cutting down a little bit but um, yeah I kind of have an even amount of redrafts and an even amount of dynasties and what about yourself Dave? The, uh, I am not in that many dynasty leagues or leagues in general because I know if I flick that switch <laughs> just one more it'll be fine it'll yeah, be yeah, fine yeah. Then yeah. I'm, it'll be game over. My wife. Will there's nothing more. There's nothing more enticing than seeing on Twitter someone saying, "Oh, does anyone want to do a startup league?" Because like, "Oh, I do, I do, but I <laughs> should." I should. <laughs> yeah. I've got two spots left in this dynasty league. Oh, what do I yeah. do? that's that's exactly it. That is exactly it. Yeah, and and myself, I'd, I'd say this is the season that I am I am starting to make the switch. And my my home league is is a redraft league but it's it's the same players year after year and we we use the rankings yeah, from yeah. previous season to determine the draft order for the next year so we're starting to see some elements of the um of the dynasty league but it is still very much the redraft and they are very like you've mentioned before tim they are very redraft truthers they will they will never ever change into into the dynasty mode but um yeah this year i am i'm really starting to explore the option of it and um, i'm enjoying it like just being in the environment and there's there's so many great people out there on Twitter that are um, that are posting content. It's um, it's it's a great community to be a part of, um, and really really enjoying it. Here's a, here's a question for you then, David. So if you if you had to set up a new fantasy league tomorrow, what what would it be and what would the settings be? What's your what's your favourite league? Like if you could start a new league tomorrow, what would you what would your settings be? A new league. So we're going to go yeah. for the the We're not going to go into the super flex. We're going to keep the traditional. Um, one QB, two running backs, two receivers, a flex. Uh, it's not going to be IDP. Um, I must say, I tried that a couple of times, and um, no, it was, uh, it was one step too far for me. IDP purists, exactly the purists, and we are keeping the kickers. It is. Yeah, no, Gabby. Yeah, so you should disclose that when you joined. <laughs> that is a debate that is uh, <laughs> rife on Twitter at the moment. Well, it has been for for years, yeah. some years now. Uh, should kickers be included in fantasy football or not? I know we've got the uh, in the UK we've got the Kickers Matter Fantasy Podcast, which obviously the whole point of their podcast is that kickers are people too. Um, but yeah, for yeah. me, we're we're keeping the kickers in there. I'd perhaps put the I think one caveat that I would like to include is that you get six points for a sixty-yard field goal. I know we don't see them all that often. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to no, just to add that yeah. extra in there, and I think there are some other rules yeah, that you could do. you could introduce with kickers. Maybe perhaps looking at successful onside kicks, that kind of stuff, um, making it more into a kickers perhaps. But yeah, PPR certainly no IDP and uh, one QB. You haven't you haven't got any fair kickers in your bar cell, have you? In my what? Sorry, <laughs> you haven't got any kickers <laughs> in bio cell. Uh, no, I have. I've omitted kickers uh, from the bio cell. Um, it is okay. a very roundabout. Yeah, there's there's very few kickers that remain with the same team from from year after year. So it is the, one of the most unpredictable, unpredictable positions, which is obviously why some people are lobbying for it to be removed from fantasy formats. But um, no, there's nothing better than that 
and that field goal right at the end of the game just to get you the three points to set you over the line. <laughs> yeah, well, quite, quite a few of my redraft leagues, I have different different kickers scoring. So we half the points for all the kickers, so they get three points for sixty for sixty yarders. But like you get minus ones for missed field goals, missed point afters. And my main home redraft league, we've just got rid of the kicker and added an extra flex where you can have a kicker as well if you wanted. So, oh wow, um, okay, we're not, not discriminating. <laughs> has, has anybody opted yeah. for, a, for a kicker so far? In their flex spot? Uh, well, no, it's going to be it's, it's, it's a redraft. It's, so we haven't oh, done the right. draft yet, but there will be people. There will be people. Like you still get just Justin Tucker drafted in the rest of it. So, well, the only kickers you can really draft reliably now are Tucker, Booker, and Lutz. I'd say, and then after that, it's kind of just a guessing game. Play, yeah, play the matchup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You had this Cowboys. is the thing though. Would you would you rather would you rather have a kicker in your flex, or would you have some, rather someone like I don't know? Uh, give me give me a wide receiver four. <laughs> give me a wide receiver five. Brashard Perryman. Brashard Perryman or Justin Tucker in your flex? Oh, Justin Tucker, without a doubt. Yeah, Justin Tucker, yeah. 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 <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know why Brashard Perryman came to mind. <laughs> well, he was about wide receiver too towards the, uh, in the run-in for, for last year. Yeah. Although, a bit yeah. of a spoiler alert, he hasn't actually been brought up in our uh, sell high or, or buy low. So, apologies to any Brashard Perryman truthers out there. Um, he will not be getting yeah. any more airtime than what he is currently person out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah we, we do we do hard about his mum but he is he has had his airtime on this podcast so far so uh, without further ado let's get into looking at the sell highs and buy lows so we popped this question out to twitter which we've had some great feedback on so far some really interesting feedback and um, so we've had some players that have sat both sides so we've had some players that have sat in the sell high mm. column and the buy low column, which um, I, I guess, like we mentioned before, it all depends on your perspective as to what your what, what mode your team is in right now. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll start with the guys uh, at the full 10 yards. So um, Dave, take us away, please, with your players that you're selling high on. My sell highs, right. Well, when I put this out to the group a couple of days ago, the first person jumped to my mind, and it isn't necessarily a sell high, it's a sell, sell while you can. And that's Philip Lindsay, running okay. back for the Broncos. And it's not because I think he's carrying a lot of value at the moment, but I think he's going to be devalued so much as the season wears on because the talent that the Broncos have in pass catching and also getting Melvin Gordon free agency to me is just, you can't trust Phil Lindsay to have another thousand yard season. I, I, I know he did wonders the first two years in the league, but I, I don't know how much of a high price you'd get for him now, but I am firmly in the sale category for Lindsay. Uh, and actually any Broncos pass catcher in general. Any skill yeah. position Broncos. And it's, it's one of those situations where you've got to look at if the Broncos have gone out there and made the statement signing of Melvin Gordon, then what is their opinion of Philip Lindsay heading into the, into the 2020 season? Um, whether it's because he is familiar with the division, maybe they've just brought him in for that little bit of familiarity. Um, but like you say, if they've made that statement signing, what are the Broncos' true feelings about Philip Lindsay, despite his, um, despite his, like you say, great first two years? So I would be in agreement with you there. There's, there's certainly going to be split time for him in that backfield. So, um, yeah, get what you can. 
My thing was quite interesting about Philip Lindsay, actually, is if you think about it, if you look at Melvin Gordon's contract, it's quite front-end loaded. So you'd, you'd think that 2020 is, quite, is, is going to be a big Melvin Gordon year. So this time next year, we could be saying Melvin, uh, Philip Lindsay's a real buy-low candidate because if they, if they ship off Melvin Gordon or they don't, they, obviously the second, the second year, they doesn't, it doesn't work out for him. Philip Lindsay could be a massive buy-low uh, if they revert kind of back to him in 2021. But um, again, yeah, it depends if you kind of want to take that risk. But yeah, certainly I think 2020 is going to be kind of a Melvin Gordon. They're going to shove him the ball because of the money they've, they've given him uh, in, in that contract but yeah it could be quite an interesting one Philip Lindsay because there's going to be a lot of people that want to sell so you, um, like you say he's just trying to get, kind of get what you can for him but if the, maybe the shrewd ones amongst us can, can kind of get him quite cheap and then see what happens in come 2021 Yeah absolutely I mean, you know, I was looking at other res- uh, receivers running backs that you, know, you could possibly swap for him and I was thinking someone like a Chase Edmonds or a Ronald Jones mixed in with you know, a late round pick next year mm. might be something yeah, yeah. Or trade or something because I think Ronald Jones will have a better year this year he has to and Chase Edmonds as well you know it's a bit of a crapshoot with the Cardinals a bit like the Broncos as well mm. but he did, yeah. he did show a lot of potential last year Edmonds mm. yeah well Chase Edmonds is quite in a similar position because obviously got Kenyon Drake on transition tag or uh, transition tag I think it was wasn't it um, so again that could be a similar situation to, to Gordon where he's, he's a 2020 guy but then come 2021 he's he's flung to the curb and then you know chase Edmonds maybe comes to the fore but yeah i suppose this just highlights the the difference here between that we've got between the the rebuilders and the the all-in so rebuilders might be looking at mm. Lindsay and Edmonds for for the year after next whereas uh your your all-in players might want to be going for gordon and drake right now so you mentioned that the broncos receivers you're not touching this year so What's your reasoning for that? Because a lot of people are very high on Cortland Sutton right now. Um, and I know that they've, they've made moves in the draft. I think every single position um, seems to be a, a pass catcher for the, for the Broncos offense. And the they draft. drafted another tight end, uh, KJ Hamler, and of course Jerry Judy um, got drafted as well. And that's why, because they've got so many different pass catchers now. You know, mm. is Cortland Sutton always going to be fed the ball like he was last year? Because he was the safety valve a lot of the time. And, you know, a great safety valve he was. Um, I remember the touchdown against the Brownlee School where he essentially Randy Most, uh, I think it was Denzel Ward, in the end zone to uh, get a score against him. And he was great. But at the moment, I'm just not sure how the Broncos are going to look. You've got year two of Drew Lock or year one and a half as well. Mm. Mm. Uh, and that will go into something uh, we talk about later on about uh, Drew Locke. You don't know what sort of Broncos team you're going to get this year. Um, we, we, we might as well talk about Drew Locke now. Like it seems to, it's, it's the Broncos. Drew Locke is a really interesting yeah. one because I, I had him. I had him as a buy as a buy low because uh, he, well, he's going for around about a first at the moment in terms of like dynasty leagues and uh, superflex or, or, or whatever. But with him, like, it's all about potential. But like with, with Give me, give me Cortland Sutton. I'd love Cortland Sutton um, this year. I've, I think the weapons will help him a little bit because he's not getting so much uh, dedicated coverage uh, assigned assigned to him. But you know, the question mark you do have is obviously Drew Locke. Can he can he make the step forward? Um, obviously, only played five games last year, so I think it's 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 feasible to to envisage he he does step forward and have uh, a bit more production in terms of fantasy next year. And the one thing you do have to worry about as well is with. Melvin Corden coming in, Vic Fangio being a defensive kind of guy, is it going to be a ground and pound type and let the defence, because the defence is, is pretty decent as well. So, um, yeah, you do, you are, there are a lot of question marks, and which is probably what you're, you're kind of 
um, talking about with when it comes to Colton Sun, but I think there's potential uh, and a lot of upside there with with Drew Lock and, and and the Broncos, and potentially you can you can get them a bit cheaper than what they are maybe maybe next year. But certainly Drew Lock is a kind of a crossroads uh, kind of guy. He's he's not going to be worth. He's either going to be worth a lot less or a lot more this time this time next year. So it's kind of you know we like to say on the podcast it's time for time to to pull your pants up and tell your balls to pick a lane. It's kind of that with, with Drew Locke. So uh, I'm, I'm all for buying Drew Locke for a first because I, I think he's got the weapons and he's got, um, you know, John Elway. I know he's not, <laughs> he's not had the greatest of um, pedigrees with, with drafting quarterbacks or even having quarterbacks on the team. But I, th- I think Drew Locke could uh, buck that trend. Yeah, and it's yeah, uh, a very difficult situation, really, when you, um, when you try to come down on one side of Drew Locke and, by extension, then the Broncos pass catchers. Because if Drew Locke flunks, you know, yeah. who's the back here? Um, I, I mean, who is their backup quarterback now? Is it still Brandon Allen? Who? Uh, oh, yeah, I have Brandon, no idea. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Um, I, yeah, I think he played a game against the Browns and the Vikings and, that, and then yeah. Drew Locke in and that was it. Um, and he looked distinctly backup. But, yeah, you know, and I guess this is, yeah, this, is, this is where we find out what Cortland Sutton is made of because if you think of the quarterbacks yeah. that... DeAndre Hopkins had um, before Deshaun Watson and even um, through periods where Deshaun Watson was injured. If we, if, if Cortland Sutton is this absolute stud number one wide receiver, then I'm not saying that he can play with any, any quarterback, but um, Drew Locke's, Drew Locke's play should at least be serviceable enough where we are seeing this kind of production outside of, out of Cortland Sutton. And, You've, you've mentioned that the, the Broncos offense this year is is got people really divided, and we, we've had people mention on the Twitter that they are selling high on this Broncos offense. But you, you've also mentioned that we've had people saying that they're buying low. So it is one, and you, you've got to make your decision now because in in twelve months' time it'll be too late. You're either going to have to pay too much for these players, or you're going to have to um, sell them at, at practically nothing, or or even drop them. So now yeah. make your decision. It's, it's like on. It's like on the roulette table. When you go to casino roulette table. The ball's spinning, and the roulette thing's spinning. You have got to place your bets. It's, that's that's where we are with, with, with them. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, do you want me uh, second sell high? Yes, please. So this one is more done out of a dislike of the quarterback or a lack of trust in the quarterback, and it's Mike Evans. Um, because I'm not convinced by Tom Brady and Tampa. Um, additionally. I'm not convinced that Mike Evans will flourish as much as, say, Chris Godwin, just because Mike Evans stretches the field. Jameis Winston would throw bombs down. Yeah. And also, generally, behind in games quite a lot last year, so they had to be more aggressive downfield. I think you're going to see a lot more uh, shallow crossing routes, which is right on the back as well. That's going to take targets away from Evans. Um, I'm just not convinced Mike Evans is going to be as productive as he was the last couple of years. And his fantasy value at the moment is as high as it possibly could be, I think. And I think you could definitely, definitely get, um, get a, a good haul for him, be it a, you know, a pick or two. And then I was thinking of someone who could make a jump from a WR2 to a WR1, like DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, next year combined with a couple of picks. That's assuming you're not in win-now mode, of course. If you look into a rebuild, then I think Mike Evans might be worth selling. Yeah, and that's that's a very good point to make. And the the Tompa Brady hype is is at the absolute maximum at the moment. And for him to pull Gronkowski out of retirement, it's it all seems just too perfect for for Tampa Bay, a franchise that has been starved of success for the last few years. And all of a sudden, their prayers have been answered 
where Tom Brady has stepped in at the grand old age of about 62, is he now? Um, in his uh, 30th year of the, of the league. Um, he, he's come in and he's, he's going to be the answer to, to all of the problems in Tampa Bay. And mm. I suppose this, the, the question is, was Brady reliant on Belichick and was Belichick reliant on Brady? And that's going to be the, the narrative that's, that's played out through the entire season. Um, but we have got to remember that, that Brady is in his 40s now. And like you say, Mike Evans isn't going to be able to, to, to stretch. The, well, he is going to be able to stretch the field for him, but... But is Brady going to be able to Brady. connect with him? Exactly. So, so Godwin does seem the, the be- better prospect there. And we, we saw that last year. Godwin outperformed Ed, uh, Evans in, in fantasy fantasy last year. So that is set to continue. And certainly, like you say, with his favourite target, Kronkowski, being back on the scene, Mike Evans yeah, could be left uh, seeing a, a much reduced role. This One thing year. I will say about Mike Evans, though, I have him in a standard scoring dynasty league and I'm struggling to, to get rid of him. So... Uh, I think uh, even at like, first, I couldn't even like, get mid-first for him like, during the draft. And again, I don't know if that's because of, of rookie hype, but yeah, certainly, he's certainly worth more than just a first, but I was struggling to, to offload him. So that, that value is starting to kind of wade maybe in some, in some spots. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so do we, need to, do we need to talk him up now just to help your, help your sale? Is, <laughs> yeah, I think Evans is going to have a brilliant, brilliant uh, 2020 season. Oh, a thousand um, yard seasons, Mike Evans has had is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> This is the thing, though. Like, like he's 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 not going to have Jameis Winston behind, like trying to pull uh, rabbits out of his out of the hats every every game now. So obviously the yardage isn't going to be there. But yeah, you you could say that his yeah his um, his targets from Tom Brady are going to be more precise, more accurate. Um, so yeah, his his drop off might not actually be be too bad from what maybe people were obviously comparing Jameis Winston and, and Tom Brady in a nutshell. And I know in a Tom Brady offence, they're not going to be from behind as much, so the, the yardage isn't going to be there as high as Jameis Winston's. You know, he's not going to throw for 5,000 yards, but he's still, going to, he's still going to get a similar amount of touchdowns, and his targets are just going to be of better quality. So you know, what people might be worried about in terms of, of yardage and, and, and targets and the rest of it, probably not as bad as what people are making out. But I, I certainly think Chris Godwin's um, stock's gone up obviously, yeah, with, with Dink and Dunk, Tom Brady, but behind behind center. Wonderful. So your buy lows, who is going under the radar, Dave, that you are wanting to buy more and more shares of? I have gone a bit off piece here, I'd say, and I've actually picked two tight ends um, because I'm just trying to find value where I can here. And the first name that jumped out to me was Hayden Hurst. Um, He's going from a tight end two situation in Baltimore to a tight end one in Atlanta. And you look at the way Austin Hooper performed with Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, the last couple of years, last few years in Atlanta, and he's moved on now. What I saw of Hurst in Baltimore was enough to convince me that he'll make a good tight end one in Atlanta. He's not going to you know, put up Kelsey numbers. He's not going to be the next Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or anything like that. But if you are stuck with, I don't know, Dallas Goddard as your tight end, then there's absolutely no harm in moving on from him and seeing if you can pick up Hurst for you know, a very, very low fee because it's a tight end. Um, I really think Hurst could come on leaps and bounds, especially when Andrews, Mark Andrews was having injury problems last year. Hurst filled in pretty admirably for a Baltimore offense that was pretty run heavy with Lamar Jackson and Ingram. And then Hurst was, like I say, quite a reliable pass catcher for them. Yeah, and tight end is definitely a position where name value will get you a long way. And Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham, um, Kelsey, Kittle, they are making a living at the moment off, off their name value. And don't get me wrong, they are all outstanding tight ends. 
but you can get certainly great value from those tight ends that aren't as spectacular, but still just get that job done that can get you that yardage. And like you mentioned with the, the Austin Hooper situation last year, um, I think Austin Hooper is is overrated. So maybe Hurst can step in and outperform what Hooper has done for the last few years. So um, I like that. Dave, did you say Dallas Goddard or Zach Hurts? For your swap. Oh, Dallas Goddard. That's good. No, so if, uh, so I was just thinking, like, if you're if you're a team in Dynasty and you're kind of looking to maybe, I know Hayden Hurst isn't maybe the best time because he's he's still getting on. He came into the league quite late, didn't he? But if you're if you're looking to kind of get a few more years out of the tight end position, because I think Zach Ertz's days are kind of numbered a little bit, especially we've got up there. If someone comes and off, offers me Zach Ertz, um, Zach Ertz, uh, what would I take? Zach Ertz or Hayden Hurst in the first? Or second, I'm trying to think of value because I'd rather have Hayden Hurst and get a few more years out of Hurst, maybe, and try and get the value off of Verts. Of mm. I suppose it would be what Hurts for Hurst and a few picks. Yeah, probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't pay up. But I'd try and, oh yeah, I'd probably, I'd, if I had Hurst, I'd sell, sell to try and get some picks and, and, and Hurst, maybe. Well, the second that Carson Wentz gets injured this season, Hurst's value is mm. just going to play anyway. So you yeah. <laughs> may as well get rid of him while you can. Uh, my other tight end was um, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I think he's got a huge amount of upside in Detroit. Number eight pick overall last year. Um, had a lot of bad luck with injuries, not just, you know, he missed a couple of games, but also Matt Stafford going down. I don't think it was a true reflection of what TJ Hawkinson or the Detroit uh, Lions, Detroit, Detroit Lions offense can do. Detroit. Um, I expect that he's got, he's got a much better second year. He's got a huge upside. And it's kind of a similar situation to Hurts, where there's plenty of potential. He's not going to cost you a lot. And again, I do rate him over other tight end, you know, second to third tier tight ends. Um, the players I've noted down here that I rate him over that are in that sort of ballpark are players like Johnny Smith, Mike Gesicki. And, you know, I, I take one of these two ahead of Gronkowski at the moment because there's absolutely no guarantee that Gronkowski is going to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I think anyone that thinks he's going to get the Gronkowski of five, six years ago um, is in fantasy land. Well, Gronkowski, he's uh, renowned for his partying. He's renowned for his uh, lifestyle in in Florida. So you've got to question how strictly he has been working out in the last 12 months in the, in his downtime. You've got to question his his ethics and getting back into football. So is his fitness going to be going to be there? And with with TJ Hawkinson, like you say, he was drafted extremely highly by the the Detroit Lions last year. And this time last year, there was so much hype around um, Hawkinson. People were people were drafting him everywhere, and he was expected to have this mega season. And historically, rookie tight ends have never performed well in the in the NFL. It's just one of those where it's a position where it takes just that year to to progress and to take that step up. So I think there's going to be a lot of players out there that have invested a lot in Hawkinson that are going to want to offload now for something that they can get just to cut their losses or what they think are going to be their losses because this time last year. He was he was the hype train, and um, they, they're going to want to yeah. get something back because they felt so left up, left let down by him last year. Which, like you say, with, with the circumstance was uh, wasn't great. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a similar thing to Noah Fant as well. Um, not obviously Noah Fant showed more flashes uh, in Denver last year, but I'm really go- it's obviously not stats based on Hawkinson because there's not enough sample data. But this is just my feeling of huge upside that he has. Like you say, you can get him dirt cheap. So Tim, over to you, and you've caused quite a stir uh, with one of your sell-high picks. So tell me, who are you selling high on in the dynasty world? 
Um, well, I assume I've pre caused the stir with both. Um, it depends who 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 I've caused the stir with. But my first one is is it Derek Henry? You want? Is it him? <laughs> was <laughs> no. it the other guy? He, he no, was the other one. For okay. me, but, uh... Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so Lamar Jackson then. So that that gives that gives away my second one. But everyone, yeah, Lamar Jackson is is my sell high. Um, why? I, I know what you're thinking. Like QB one from last year, averaged seven points. I think it was at seven points more than the next QB um, in in fantasy, which um, fantasy uh, Patrick Mahomes. I oh, know, sorry, Dak Prescott. That was QB two last year. Um, you know, he was nine out of sixteen weeks was a top three QB. Um, the reason why I'm selling high, um, yeah, two words for you, Patrick Mahomes. Now look at this time last year, how much Patrick Mahomes was, was being flung around for. You know, you had, you had to spend like 50 first round picks to, to get Patrick Mahomes, especially in Superflex. Um, it's hard enough to kind of repeat being QB1. And whilst he, uh, Lamar Jackson has all the tools to do so with his, you know, his record breaking rushing uh, output from last year, um, yeah, I don't think you know the gap between him and, and the next QB in terms of points per game is not going to be that high. So I think this is a perfect opportunity to sell for someone like Lamar Jackson and still get someone decent back. So for example, I know Lamar Jackson for Kyler Murray in a, in a couple of picks. You know, give me give me Kyler Murray, uh, or give me you know give me a middling QB and, and a couple of picks on top. You know, I'm quite happy to sell Lamar Jackson because okay, I, I don't think that the uh, the production is going to be as high as it was uh, as it was in 2019. Yeah, again, it's hard to repeat. Yeah, he's, he's a rushing QB, so he's going to take a lot of hits. Now, I know it's not as quite the same as being a hit as, as being hit in you know if you're a statue in the pocket. But you know, just ask, just ask Philadelphia fans, ask some Carson Wentz fans. If you if you're coming out of the pocket, you're rolling, you're taking you know taking hits. You know, stranger hits can happen, strange things can happen, and you know, all of a sudden you can see him being on the bench for you know, being on the sidelines for, for a couple of weeks as well so um yes he's he's built like a, an absolute rock and he's he knows how to avoid hits like russell wilson does but you know if you, if you especially if you're in a one qb league in a dynasty league with where it's just one quarterback um you know you can you could sell him for a hell of a lot and still you know you can stream the position first and foremost you know you're not going to lose too much you're not going to do too much damage to your team if you end up streaming um so I just I just think I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to get to the heights he did in 2019. Even if he does, his value is not going to get even higher. You know, you're not going to have to pay more for him. Where where he's at now is going to be the pinnacle of where you know Patrick Mahomes was last year, and his his stocks will come down from last year as well. So I just think it's the the, the opportunity. I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson's going to going to fail. He's going to nose dive off a cliff into fantasy irrelevance. He's not. He's probably going to be you know he's going to be a top QB three QB. Uh, top three QB just because of his, his rushing. Um, but I just think, again, this is just purely the, the moment where you sell him because his value is not going to get any higher. This is his peak, his high watermark. Yeah, and like you, like you mentioned before, it's a record-breaking season. It is a history-making season. And history doesn't get... Records don't get broken every year. History doesn't get made every year. So if we, mm. if we do see him go year after year after year, breaking this record then that would be just the most unprecedented thing that the NFL's ever seen like you said we've already peaked at his his production and whilst he is that elite quarterback that that has got the rushing and the passing ability with with 36 passion touchdowns last year for somebody that was being asked to run his 40 at the combine and try out as as different positions particularly wide receiver and for him to go out and throw 36 passing touchdowns in the National Football League is a, is a remarkable achievement. But like you say, the, the, the mm. step between the, the quarterbacks just below him and the haul that you could get at this moment in time, unless you are in pretty much your last winning season in your in your win-now window, then 
yeah, mm. get rid. There's, there's no point keeping hold of him unless this is going to be the last season that you've got a chance of winning your league. Mm. See, to me, I don't think I could get rid of him. Uh, I, I just... Uh, I mean, everyone's we, got their price, Dave. Everyone's got their <laughs> price. <laughs> I, I just can't see a scenario if I had Lamar Jackson in a league where a realistic offer that someone offered, that gave me where I'd say, yeah, that that's acceptable to me. Beyond them, you know, sending me every single pick and every single good player they've got. But yes, he isn't going to break records like last year. I think we can all agree on that. However, even if he just gets to the levels of close to what the records that he broke, if he had a Michael Vick season, that would still be incredible. And yeah. there will be natural regression. And I do think to a point at times last night they were last night last year they were helped by the schedule. I think they played the Dolphins first week of the season. Mm, they had a, they had a, they had an awful uh, their back end of the season that was the, the, the worst in terms of rushing DVOA on defenses. I think. Yeah, um, and the division's going to be better this year as well. Mm. But I would still think that he this time next year he will have just as much value. And he would have been more. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's purely, it's purely a, a value standpoint. I just don't see how his value is going to get higher. So therefore, it's only going to go down. Yeah, so therefore, yeah. this is when you sell. So say, for example, then here's a, here's a like Dak was QB two or, or QB three last season. Would you, would you rather have Dak Prescott? Because the thing is, we, you wouldn't just sell Lamar Jackson. You could use him to like, maybe upgrade the running back position, where, which where it is quite sparse, and you get get a stud. So say for instance, say for instance, you've got Lamar Jackson and uh, Chris Carson or something. So you switch, trade Lamar Jackson. And Chris Carson for uh, Dak Prescott and Joe Mixon or something, maybe a pick on top or something. I, I would much rather have the the stud at running back and and get someone like a Dak in that is not going to be too far behind at the quarterback. But in terms of where Chris Carson, he may be a bad example, but where the the gap could be between him and, the, and an elite running back is going to be quite a big difference. I think. Yeah, I, I was going to say with that specific example you gave me, if you're offering. Um, me Joe Mixon over Chris Carson then I'll bite your hand off mm. because um, I don't think Chris Carson's long for RB1 yeah but territory. would you do that deal though if you're the Lamar Jackson owner would you uh, would you deal Lamar Jackson and Chris Carson for Dak for Dak and, and Joe Mixon Because I think what Joe Mixon brings you at the running back position, because you've got to start two running backs, maybe even three if you've got a flex or or three running backs for someone that you know in, in a one, in a, especially in a one quarterback league, you you'd be silly not to to bolster say what your running back position where you have to start two with another stud, and especially if you have someone else that's pretty decent like a Nick Chubb or maybe a Fournette or something. Yeah. Or if you're if you're depleted at running back position, I would rather trade away Lamar Jackson and get someone just yeah not as good, but obviously uh, less of a, less of a gap, but it is perceived as such. That's that's just my thinking. I suppose what um, I think you're driving at here too is the, the combined value of Lamar and Chris Carson <clears> would be less than the combined value of Dak and Joe Mixon. Mm. And, and plus a pick on top, which I, I take your point. Um, and I, th- I think that is a, a good trade if you do want to offload mm. them out. I suppose I was just playing devil. I think the opportunities there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I just think the opportunities there. You're not going to get anything high on 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 Lamar Jackson yeah. again. Like Patrick Mahomes last year. What well, imagine what you had to trade away for Patrick Mahomes last year? It's not going to be that high this you know, right now, is it? Yeah. It's just pure pure value play. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. 
Okay, so Tim, you mentioned that you weren't sure which one of yours was the most controversial pick. So you've already said it's Derek Henry, your, your other pick. So <laughs> uh, first of all, explain your reasoning and then why this might be seen as controversial in some worlds. Well, I think again, it's purely purely a value a value play. Derek Henry is going to be his monster season last year. Um, yeah, it's it's just more the situation. If you if you are a team that's not win now, sell sell Derek Henry to a win now team for a for a war chest of, of picks and players. Um, yeah, again, this isn't me like Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to say he's going to fall off a cliff. This isn't you know, there's just very little chance. There's very little le- uh, left in terms of the ceiling. Uh, in in the Derek Henry house, you know he 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 will still get over a thousand yards. He'll still get over ten touchdowns. Um, but yeah, this is the guy that had what eighty two percent of the carries last year, five percent target share. He's not he's not a running back that's going to give you. He's not your modern modern day three three down um, bell cow running back. He's not a CMC. He's not a Barkley. But he's been you know talked in in the same vicinity of some in in. Less so in obviously standard leagues because obviously he's more valuable in those. But especially in PPR, you you've got to be selling Derek Henry to to a, a team that's 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 all in. Um, you know, he's he's on the franchise tag. He's already said that he wants money in the in the area of Zeke, which he's not going to get because he's not a Zeke type back. So this time next year again, he could be kind of the Melvin Gordon from you know looking for a new team and not quite sure where he's gonna he's gonna run up uh, end up. And you know, Dennis Dionys don't like investing in uncertainty. You know, you're only going to invest if you're all in this year because he's going to have the wheels run off him. Um, you know. Derek Henry are in 2021 could be absolutely anywhere, and I don't I don't think it's a lock at all that he goes back to um, that he goes back to Tennessee. So if you're giving giving me someone like uh, you know a, a lower wide receiver, a lower running back one, high running back two, maybe a wide receiver, and maybe a pick as well, which you know, I've seen going about. So, you know, for example, like Leonard Fournette, Tanner Lockett, and a, maybe a first and a second as well. Uh, I would I would take that all day long. Uh, if I'm if I'm a rebuilder, uh, and Leonard Fournette again, not a great example because he's kind of maybe a one year and gone kind of guy. But um, yeah, if you, if you look at the way the Titans are set up, Jack Conklin's no longer there. He's gone to the to um, to the Cleveland Browns, so that offensive line's not going to be um, as good as it was. You know, they they ranked they were extremely efficient, um, partly because of Derek Henry. They they ranked tenth in terms of attempts, uh, but they were top three in terms of total yards, rushing touchdowns, and rushing yards per attempt. So you might get a bit a little bit of regression there. Um, you know, but like I say, I'm not. I'm not saying for one instance that Derek Henry is not going to be running back one because he will be in 2020. It's just more of a long-term play, and I don't think again, you know, he has to have a, as at least a similar season for that stock to to stay where it is. Otherwise, it's going to come down a little bit as well. And you, you know, as the season wears on, that value is going to disintegrate, you know, exponentially because you, again, you've got the looming contract negotiations you've got the looming holdouts if they franchise him attack again in which i don't think they will but again you know he could be a melvin gordon uh 12 12 months from now um you know you've got darrington evans who they've drafted in the third round you know, it's the third round pick not a sixth or seventh um i'm not saying he's taken over the workload but surely that's a sign that there's there's um concern there from the titans front front office that he might not be back next year uh derrick henry so i just think you can you can get a massive haul uh, which is not going to get any higher to a team that could be all in for uh, for 2020. So, yeah, I mean, if you can get a, a lower running back one, maybe a higher running back two with maybe a pick and a wide receiver as, as well, if, you, if you're a rebuilding team, I, I think you go all in for that. Yeah, that trade that you mentioned before with uh, Lock, Lockett, Fournette and a couple of picks, I'd bite your hand off if you offered me that for mm. Fournette right now. Um, he, Sorry, for, for Henry, he he's, he's a one-trick pony and the the... The best thing about the NFL is the 
the ability for for defenses to adapt. And yes, of course, it is exceptionally difficult for for somebody to tackle a human being of that size with that amount of power. But NFL defenses learn, they adapt, and they will find a way to stop him. And his effectiveness mm. will wear off. And he hasn't got that receiving ability to to counteract that. And yeah, of course, you, you're then going to argue that, that AJ Brown takes off, who we will um, we will discuss a little bit later on. But for me, Henry, we we've seen the best of him, and this isn't the NFL of of 20, 30, 40 years ago. This is the the, the pass heavy league, as as we love to call it. And he will get stopped. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like Derek Henry was a guy that averaged twenty five point five points in his last eight games, and he was yeah averaged nine point nineteen points a game a season. He's you know top fancy five RB. Uh, in six of the last seven games he played, or, or something ridiculous like that, he does have the ceiling. But it's, it's just again, it's purely a value play. If you're if you are not a team that's going all in this season, this is the time to to kind of get a few more longer term prospects because the, the the floor could be quite shaky for for Henry, especially if his contract demands are too much and he has, ends up having to sit out a little bit, like Le'Veon Bell, and um, and it's harder with the new the new CBA to do so because it's hurting them more in the pocket. But yeah, I, I think pure value, you're not going to get a high opportunity to sell. To, to, Sell Derek Henry because he's finally done what he he's been. Um, what's the word? He's been threatening to do over the last couple of years. It was just the, obviously the usage last year. You got the I think what he had three hundred and three three hundred and three carries last year. I think it was that you know, again. That's gonna that's gonna um, work on you know, tread on the tires and, and as well. So um, yeah, just perfect perfect opportunity to sell for Derek Henry for me because a lot of people are high on him and you know even in redraft people are talking about him as a top five pick. I'm like, are you, are you crazy? Yeah, um, I completely agree with the pair of you. I think this could be his last year of full-on productivity. Mm. Um, and even then, we might start to see a tail off towards the end of the season, um, at which point his value could have dropped massively. Um, in the modern-day NFL, how often do these sort of running backs stick around in this high level of productivity? I, mm. I don't see him. You know, he's still going to turn up. He's still going to get your points. But yeah, this is the time to sell him. You, you've got to sell him, especially as you said. People drafting in the top five—that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, talk. crazy. Okay, so switching over to your buy lows, who is flying under your fantasy radar, Tim? Well, uh, I'll go. I'll go with uh, the Homer pick first. Get that out of the way. Many people that listen to the NFL podcast or the fantasy podcast in in the last couple of months, or even um, probably yeah, probably been a bit longer than that. Everyone knows how much I love Blake Jarwin, tight end for Dallas Cowboys at the moment. Um, if he if he's on a team where if he's on a team where the owner isn't a Dallas fan, you, you probably get him actually quite cheap, maybe like a late second, uh, third round in, in some leagues. I know in, in some leagues that I'm in, they all know I'm a Dallas fan, so they kind of push the price up, <laughs> price up a little bit. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, it, it doesn't take too much to be a, t- a top uh, top eight tight end anymore. Um, you know, you, you, you know, Blake Jarwin was what, the, the uh, t- tight end 28, I think, last season, around 70, 70 fantasy points. But if you look at what Jason Witten, he was, Jason, Jason Witten was a tight end 12. So uh, if you add both of their numbers together, um, you get the tight end three, and I know I know it doesn't quite work like that, but it just you know if 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 Blake Jarwin wasn't ready to to be more productive on the field in terms of of um, you know catching balls, catching targets, and, and getting into the end zone, they wouldn't have got rid of Jason Witten. Um, 
there's a lot of beat writers, beat writers, a lot of coaches saying that you know Blake Jarman is now ready to to take on the full workload, uh, and I think just because of the the drafting of CD Lamb, uh, and obviously you've got now three stellar wide receivers, he's going well under the radar, and everyone he's kind of the forgotten man. Um, but, you know, Jason Witten's leaving had ten red zone, ten red zone targets last year to Jarman's one. You know. Uh, he had four touchdowns in the red zone to to Jarwin's one as well. So, you know, kind of combine those a little bit and give him a bit more on top. Uh, I, I think Blake Jarwin is easily, easily a top 10, at least um, tight end next year. Um, you know, for, for someone that's very young, you can get him for a third round. Give, I, I would rather have Blake Jarwin than, you know, if you're someone that's building for the future, try and trade him for like a Jared Cook, who's like going to be decent in the season. But again, he's just going to be a one season kind of wonder. I, I would more than happily, um, I'm, I'm quite happy to die on the, on the, on the Blake Jarwin hill. Yeah, and Blake Jarwin, if we add the production of Blake Jarwin and Jason Witten from last year, like you mentioned, there'd have been a tight end three combined. If we take 80% mm. of that, which is still still a healthy share he would have finished as the they would have combined as the tight end seven last year which is it's great value like you might say from from pretty much absolutely nothing right now and he also shares a birthday with me so what's what's not to love about it go what more <laughs> what yeah what more what more reason do you need oh the bias in here um I mean, I, I don't see any issue with Blake Jarman being a buy low. Like you say, it's worth a flyer on him. Um, it, it plays in with the Hayden Hurst, the TJ Hawkinson. You, know, you get out of that top tier of tight ends, and then you look at, you know, the, the, there's quite a vast middle tier where you think any one of them could break out, any one of them could be a season changer for a fantasy team. Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Hayden Hurst, Blake Jarwin as well. Um, I, I think it'd be a really interesting year for tight ends, actually. Mm. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, you can get you can get Blake Jarwin for like a third or a late second, and you've got people like Noah Fant and and all the rest of it that are, are unproven yet. But you, you you're having to pay premium for those. Like, you know, I think yeah. Noah Fant's going for like firsts and and all the rest of it. I'm just like, I'd rather have the the ups the same upside with Blake Jarwin. Um, uh, uh, snippet of the price, absolute snippet of the price. And your other one, Tim. Who was your other buy low candidate? This person has been mentioned probably the most in the buy low range. So who have you got? Mm. Yeah, but I think Brandon Cooks, as I say, I swapped out Drew Locke uh, for, for Brandon Cooks. I think he's an extremely underrated uh, option in terms of fantasy. He's pretty much been left for, for dead, um, if, if you like, in fantasy. Obviously, he's, he's gotten a bit of exposure with his chase. He's moved to the Texans, which, you know, wide receivers moving teams is not the greatest of things. But, you know, if anyone is accustomed to that, it's Brandon Cooks, who's been at the Saints, been at the Rams, been at the Patriots. So he, he knows what it's like <laughs> to, to go to a new team. And he's been, uh, what was it? I had a stat here. Um, he's, he's like a top top 14 wide receiver except for last year the previous four years in a row so he knows how to be a wide receiver one if not a high wide receiver two so yes he's probably won concussion from being out of the league because he's had four or five already but Brandon Cooks is a guy that you can get um you're paying wide receiver three wide receiver four prices for which is what a second round pick or or something around that that area so Brandon Cooks has a has a decent ceiling uh, potentially in that Texans offense he's good after the catch he's got good hands uh, there's no Nuke Hopkins there as well so there are masses of targets and masses of yards and, and touchdowns for up for grabs there I know they've obviously signed um Randall Cobb and Rob, Rob Grimwood's uh, favourite player, Isaiah Coulter. But um, yeah, Brandon Cooks could be could be a steal, especially in redraft as well. But um, obviously, Dynasty could be a bit cheaper. Uh, but again, if you're, if you're a guy that is limited on picks or limited on players in terms of wiggle room, and Brandon Cooks could be, a, could be a guy that could be a really good addition to, to, the, to the flex spot. Uh, 
Um, I just, I just think he's got, a, he's walking into a good situation. And don't forget the investment in Brandon Cooks as well. The Texans didn't have a lot of draft capital going into the 2020 draft, but they still decided to, to make their first pick. I think it was at number 52 or something, something around that area. Um, you know, to, to invest it on on him rather than, than than a rookie. So I think that kind of gives you the level of investment that they they believe in what he can do in this team. So I just think that that will kind of pay dividends on on the field and, and in fantasy. I guess my issue with Brandon Cooks, I know everyone at the moment is saying that his concussions are a real issue. He has only missed the two games in the, the five seasons since his rookie year. But obviously concussion is slightly bit different in that players are taking their long-term health into factor now more and more. And he will be making serious business decisions, not just financially, but his health, his, his well-being. But he's never found a stable home. This is his, his fourth no. team in, in his career. Uh, he has never had more than, well, just over 1,200 yards in a season. He's never had double-digit touchdowns. I just don't think he is this standout receiver that, that a lot of people that seem to think he is. And yeah, yeah, he's quick. And he, I, I think everyone remembers him for that 98-yard touchdown. Was it against the Patriots for the Saints? Um, where, where he just absolutely burnt the field. But for me... And yeah, I'm not going to shy away from from 1,200 yards and, and nine touchdowns in a fantasy season, but I, I just don't think I can trust him enough to to produce me the goods. No, I mean, yeah, he's very he's very flaky. I mean, that the 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 floor is as crumbly as a as a digestive biscuit. But <laughs> like for for a guy that's had four, if you excuse last year, he's been a, a top four team wide receiver for the five years, including that include has included him switching teams from from door to door and which is you know never great for is never conducive to, to wide receiver production but he knows how to get it to get it done and I'm not saying he's going to be the focal point of the offense but even if he gets 800 900 yards and five or six uh, five touchdowns or something like that to, to pay wide receiver four wide receiver three prices for someone that could be potentially be a wide receiver two I just think is, is great value and I think again yes he his stock probably has maybe a, a bit more to fall uh, with with his move to the Texans because he can go back down again and he can be essentially be out of the league and be no good. I just think the risk the risk is is very low because your your investment that you're you're having to pay up for Brandon Cooks is is relatively low. I mean, would you rather have someone like uh, a third round pick who's in a third round pick this season uh, in the, in the draft? Someone like a, a David a David Duvernay or a Brandon Cooks? I w- I would all day rather have Brandon Cooks over someone that's not even proven in uh, in the league. I'm I'm more than happy to, to shell out even a second round pick for Brandon Cooks to be quite honest. For me, um, it's hard to figure out which Brandon Cooks will have because yeah. I was just looking at his stats last season and 583 yards. Oh, he was still crap last year. <laughs> and um, that's just reception yards. But the year before that, it was a career high in reception yards for him as well. And I, I think he's probably going to float somewhere in the middle. Yeah, about eight 900 yards is probably a fair assessment. Mm. But it's going to be very interesting to see what a DeAndre hopkins list Texans looks like as well. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of unknown there. I mean, it's t- again, like Blake Jarwin, taking a flyer on Brandon Cooks isn't you know, a big deal. He's yeah. You're, you're not gonna you're not gonna kill your dynasty team if you if you trade for Brandon Cooks and say if you if you're at a premium for picks if you maybe traded some future picks away for, for whatever and uh, even say you've got a, th- a couple of third rounds sitting there to, yeah, send them send them over uh, but yeah we'll be interested in that uh, in the Houston Texans it's all speed you know, they've got more speed in that wide receiver core than the Colombian cartel <laughs> yeah and I know that the um, the, the concussion issue you know, is the big factor I know he's only missed two games but as we say concussions he's one away and probably done. 
Um, but on the whole, the Texans wide receiver core just mm. seems to be in one game, they could all go down and get injured. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a very sort of um, uh, what's a, you know, house of cards situation then mm-hmm. uh, for the Texans offense. Um, it will be interesting to see how that all shakes out for them. Mm. They've not got, got the greatest of defenses either, so they, you know, they could be training in a few games, um, leading yeah. to, to decent. You know, they, they could be high scoring games, which, which sort of is good. Not against the Jags, though. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think my doubt is perhaps not aimed at Brandon Cook so much. It's just the Texans organization in general. I mean, some yeah, of the moves that Bill O'Brien point. has made over the last couple of years has left everybody scratching their heads. And the Cardinals must mm. have been rubbing their hands together when they said you can have um, DeAndre Hopkins for, for a David Johnson that looked a shadow of his, his former self last year to go, to go into a back... Uh, to go into a backfield that had absolutely nothing wrong with it last year. Carlos Hyde had his first thousand-yard rushing season, and Duke, Duke Johnson is one of the most underrated receiving backs in the league. So it's it, it's just all question marks around there at the the Texans at the moment. And I think for me that is the primary reason why I am not buying in on the um, the Brandon Cook sell low because I just don't trust what's how, going to happen. How 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 dare you not mention Dodd Foreman's name? Sorry, I do apologise. <laughs> oh yeah, no, but on a, on a serious note, Lamar Miller has done well there as well. I really, I really like David Johnson in redraft this year. Yeah, buy me, buy me. Yeah, love him. <laughs> I think he's the new Eddie Lacy. Perhaps not quite as uh, as drastic as as that transformation, but um, yeah, he looks slow. Right, right yeah. Looked slow. So that concludes, well, no, I'll uh, quickly run through mine. So for my sell highs, uh, players that we've already mentioned so far, we've got Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks. And this is a similar situation to what we were talking to about the Broncos before. Um, The fact that they are still wanting to bring in running backs when they've got Penny there, who we don't know when he's quite going to get back from uh, injury yet. But the, the, we've, we've heard rumours about them bringing back Michonne Lynch. We've heard uh, Devontae Foreman has gone there and now they've signed Carlos Hyde. They have not got 100% faith in Chris Carson. That that's, speaks to me there. And although he has posted reasonable low-end fantasy one, maybe high-end two numbers over the last couple of years, they still do not trust him, clearly. So for me, he is somebody that I just want rid of Let's let's get him sold high because there's something amiss there in that Seattle Seahawks backfield. Chris Chris Carson Chris Carson was a was a fun that just another couple of fumbles away from losing that job to Penny before he got injured as well. Yeah, exactly. So he he's, he's had fumbling issues. Interesting he, one. Penny, I watched him at the Senior Bowl and he he really impressed me there. And when the Seahawks drafted him, I was I was really really high on him and, and wanting him to do well. But obviously, he's been blighted with injury throughout his career so far. And Carson has kind of made do whilst whilst he's been in that situation. But yeah, the Seahawks are still looking for a for an alternative to till they can get Penny fire him. And then secondly, we have got George Kittle, and this raised a few eyebrows when I suggested it. Uh, George Kittle, obviously, he is the tight end at the moment that is in conversations. Who is the best tight end of the game? Travis Kelsey or George Kittle? And people, 49ers fans will like me will say that George Kittle has got the, the full package. He is the blocker. He is the receiver. 
and he just seems an all-round nice guy to be honest and uh, Kelsey often referred to as baby Gronk uh, seems to be a bit of a, a one-trick pony his, his blocking isn't as strong as, as Kittle's but uh, Kelsey probably does edge it with the, the receiving for me George Kittle you're not going to have that much of a drop-off if you have players like we've already suggested like Blake Jarwin, Hayden Hurst, TJ Hawkinson and for the price that you can get for him right now, it is not worth keeping him on your roster. So sell high and let him block his way for Raheem Mostert in the 2020 season. Yeah, I think that's the key, that's the key for, for George Kittle. The problem is he's such a good real-life NFL player. He's not, he's not just out running routes. I know he's, he, he has you know, design plays and all the, all the rest of it, but because he's, he's used so much in the running game, there's, lim- there's always a limit to, to someone... Uh, to someone's fantasy production if they're not being asked to go run routes and, and catch balls so for someone that's like a, a, a top two t- top three tight end and, and it's, it's amazing that he still finishes as that he's going to have a lot of games where he's going to be quite a, a kind of a, a fragile proposition when you when you stick him in the tight end position it's not something I kind of want to invest in but yeah he's getting so much kind of uh, press he's getting so much exposure and love um, again that kind of is translating and, and, and sipping into and, and feeding into the fantasy game and yeah therefore his, his price has gone up and also he's kind of uh, I saw a report out that he's quite far away in terms of negotiating a new, a new contract he doesn't want tight end numbers he wants kind of wide receiver numbers so potentially that's bubbling under the surface I, I think San Francisco will pay him because he's too important for, the, for that team uh, but, like, but like I say for fantasy it's not you know, his production's not always coming in the form of catching balls and getting into the end zone. It's like I say, it's it's blocking on the O line as well. Which again, you're not going to get the, the numbers of a Zach Hurts. You're not going to get the numbers of a premium Gronk, a premium premium Kelsey. So, uh, yeah, I'm a bit wary on on. Yeah, you can you can certainly sell his name still because he's young as well. For me, it's less about Kittle and more the lack of trust in Jimmy Garoppolo. That yeah, Carl mm, oh, don't, don't, get, don't don't get me started on Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually looking at a bobblehead of him right here, uh, weirdly enough. Um, so, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, it's clear that Carl Shanahan doesn't trust Garoppolo to the extent that you should trust your supposed franchise quarterback. Does that mean that the Niners is going to run the ball a lot more this coming year, more than they were doing already? So I think Kittle could take a knock there. He said that he likes blocking as well. So mm. for fans, yeah, this rings all sorts of alarm bells for me. And, yeah, if... I'd be very, very intrigued if I got a good, yeah, a high offer for Kittle. I'll probably bite your hand off if someone was sending me. Well, I can't be very much off my head. Oh, you can get, you could get, you could get whatever you want. No, well, you wouldn't be upgrading. Exactly. You'd probably swap for another position, but you could easily get a wide receiver one or a running back one, especially yeah, in tight end premium leagues. I think you could downgrade uh, Kittle if you like. So for one of the one of the tight ends that we've mentioned previously that could just as well produce just shy of, of Kittle numbers this this coming year for a plethora of picks as well. If you are in true rebuild mode, let's let's get that plethora of picks and have somebody that isn't that far away production wise going to head into the twenty twenty season. And it pains me to say yeah. it. I'm a I'm a 49ers fan and I absolutely love George Kittle and I hope that we do get this contract sorted because it is a difficult situation with as it is for, for many teams, we've got a lot of people to pay. There's, there's going to be no doubt that we mm. pay Nick Bosa when the time comes, um, Fred Warner. There's, there's all these players that we that we need to. We've already paid Jarrett McKinnon, despite him not playing a game for us, and um, Jimmy Garoppolo, like you mentioned, Dave, that the jury is out as to whether he is the, the franchise quarterback. 
And luckily, he was the one that started the, the snowball effect of all these quarterbacks getting paid because at the time, he was the highest paid quarterback in the league. And does he deserve that now? No, he doesn't. So it's lucky that there have been a, um, a snowball of quarterbacks getting paid since to kind of hide the fact that he ever was the highest paid quarterback in the league. In terms of fantasy as well, if you, if you look at like the George Cole ended the Titan two last year, and there's only one, there's a one point difference between him and the Titan six, or like one and a half points between him and the Titan seven, which is Jared Cook. Um, there's a bit of a drop off then, but he was only like a top ten tight end in seven of his games last year, and so they were fantasy relevant, not, not including week seventeen. But you know, to to be to pay the price you would need to get to to get a George Kittle to then only get seven top ten tight end finishes, which you know again, like we said, doesn't take a lot to finish in the top ten. Think um, yeah, your money's your money's best spent elsewhere on someone like trying to get a Mark Andrews. Like if you if you give me George, if you swap me like Mark Andrews in a in a pick for George Kittle, give me Mark Andrews in the pick all day long. Agree, completely agree. I'm moving over to the buy lows. We we have mentioned him on the podcast a couple of times already. He's been the the low end RB one, high end RB two, and somebody that has been mentioned in quite a few trade scenarios is Leonard Fournette. Now, I am a bit of a Leonard Fournette tru- truther. He has got the rushing ability, and I am firmly of the belief that the fact that he can't catch is a myth. He, he had a very similar <laughs> receiving stat line to, to Alvin Kamara last year, which we know that Kamara was playing slightly injured, and, um, of course, there was a lot of dump-offs for, for, for Fournette. But to have a similar stat line to somebody that is renowned for their pass catching... Um, he he got 500 yards through the air, which is is a damn sight more than than you're going to get from, from Derek Henry. And if we can get 12, 1300 yards on the ground for him to take that up to 1800, touching 2000 yards, and then his touchdowns last year, uh, he had three rushing. We're going to see regression on that. That's going to regress to the mean. We're going to see 10 touchdowns total from him again. I think he's going to be a good solid RB one, and people seem to have written him off. It's a stat that continues to blow my mind every day. Is the fact that Leonard Fournette got over 100, tar- 100 targets last year? Yeah, yeah. Like how how is that possible? <laughs> and how? A lot, a lot with dump offs. But has the Jaguars' offensive situation really improved that much that he's not going to be receiving the same number of of, of dump offs? Um, I, th- yeah. I think the, the team be behind have, in a lot of games. Yeah, they've, they've improved slightly. So it, it is game script might go a bit better for him on the ground but I think we're going to get close to 2,000 yards for him and 10 to 10 to 12 total touchdowns for him this season which is is, is good numbers for somebody that is famously renowned for not being able to catch yeah like you say he got he got over 100 targets last year granted he didn't catch them all yeah. but <laughs> who does I think we yeah. could he, he's, a, he's a really good by low I, I think we could see the Jags Sort of going to sort of what we said about the Broncos earlier, a sort of ground and pound thing, because they're going to just have to rely on their defense this year. Um, if they're even going to, you know, try sorry, Jack Spade. <laughs> um, yeah, it, then it comes into the situation: do, do they try and do the front office try and tank for Trevor Lawrence? Um, but I think they will be playing a lot of games this year, which could reduce the amount of. You know, dump off targets that Fournette gets, but they were behind in a lot of games last year as well. So mm. yeah, it wasn't like they had a, a playoff ambition last year. You know, come October, um, I, I, I'm very much on the fence of Leonard Fournette. Um, yeah, if I could, 
if I could get in bargain basement, then I would, but it's only going to be if, if someone offers me to him or, you know, I, I just throw a, a trade out there and just see if yeah, they take a, a ridiculously low value offer. Yeah. I mean, for me, for me, like, you know, Derek Henry, if you're, if you're not uh, like an all in team, sell Derek Henry to an all in team. Leonard Fournette, if you're an all in team is a really good cheap option for, for like a, a 2020. Cause he, again, he's got a few contract things uh, rumbling on. I don't think he could be looking, he could, could probably be looking for a job this time next year as well. So if you're a 2020 team, that's all in. And you, again, you haven't got really much in the way of picks or, or players. Yeah, Leonard Fournette's a great target. Cause I say everyone's, everyone's writing him off. And I, like I say, I'm not, not quite as bullish as 2000 yards and, uh, and 10 touchdowns, but certainly, 1500 1600 1700 yards and maybe six to eight touchdowns um for for the price you're getting what maybe a first for Leonard Fournette I'd pay a first for Leonard Fournette I don't think that's probably about the game rate okay and my second buy low is Alan Robinson now he is somebody who has been handed around the league now since his breakout year in uh, in 2015 and if we could have 2015 Alan Robinson back he'd be the wide receiver one year after year after year and he had a very underrated season last year. He got over 1,100 yards and uh, seven touchdowns, I believe it was. And that just completely passed me by. He, he put up decent numbers. And because Chicago was just such a disappointment to everybody and the whole, the whole focus in Chicago was, is Trubisky a bust, is Trubisky a bust, we completely forgot that Alan Robinson actually had a sneaky good season. And this year, I believe firmly that Nick Fold will be the starting quarterback going into week one and Alan Robinson is going to is going to start to put up those numbers that we saw of him in 2015. What do you think is the biggest achievement um, getting a thousand yard season with Blake Bortles or a thousand yard season with Mitchell Trubisky? Oh what a question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a toughie isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to go Trubisky because I believe that uh, Bortles will still be in the league after this season as a, as a backup and Trubisky probably won't. Um, I think Nick Foles is definitely going to out well, him this year. Um, you've just got so many, so much ex-Philadelphia coaching staff in Chicago at the moment that I just can't see any other scenario whereby Nick Foles doesn't get the job. And yeah. he'll, he'll need his wide receiver one. Alan Robinson is prime candidate. And we know the guy's got ability. So um, big season coming ahead for Alan Robinson. Do you think, do you think Alan Robinson's the wide receiver equivalent of Tom Brady in terms of weapons? Tom Brady's never had weapons. Alan Robinson's never had a quarterback. Exactly. <laughs> it's almost as if Tom Brady and Alan Robinson should be on the same team. We mentioned it before with DeAndre Hopkins. Until he had got Deshaun Watson, he'd never had a quarterback. And it's these kind of wide receivers that put up these figures without having a quarterback that when they finally get a quarterback, what are they going to be capable of achieving? So, yeah, for me, Alan Robinson is definitely a buy low. And... Get him for get him for what you can because he's going to put up wide receiver one numbers this year. He's worth he's worth paying for even if it isn't particularly that low. I had no idea how good his stats were last year until you said that. That's yeah, it's crazy, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I'm just looking here as well. The, the one playoff game that the Bears had in 2018, he put up 143 yards. That's yeah. a stud. <laughs> I, I had no idea. I'm all in on the Allen Robinson train now. Free Allen Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just 1147 yards last year, seven touchdowns. Just, I'm sorry, two two uh, two rushing yards to go on top of that. Let's not forget those. But, um, <laughs> rushing, <laughs> rushing is the Konami code. <laughs> but yeah, the most the most under the radar 
1,100 yards, seven touchdown season that I think a player has ever had. So um, let's go for it. Let's let's buy in. <laughs> so just going around the rest of the full 10 yards fantasy crew, uh, Rob had any Raider as his sell high. He is not a fan of the receiving options over there in Las Vegas, as they will be from the 2020 season. However, one of his bylaws is Josh Jacobs. I know that uh, John Gruden has said that he will be used more as a three-down back last year. As a Josh Jacobs owner, that did frustrate the hell out of me last year when Josh Jacobs would be taken off the field after the first two downs. But uh, we've at least heard rumours that he will be used as a third-down back as well this year. And Naheem Hines will be the Homer to <laughs> Philip Rivers this year. He's very confident of that one and he's telling you to buy Naheem Hines everywhere you can because he will be this year's Austin Eckler. Quick thoughts on those? Um, yeah, but, well, no, it won't be quite Austin Eckler because you've got Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack there, but um, yeah, Naeem Hines is... Um, also, Paris Campbell should see the field a bit more as well, so I'm not overly keen on Naeem Hines, but I suppose you could, you could get him for a packet of crisps these days. I was just going to say I completely agree with Tim there about Hines and also Rob about the Raiders receivers um, no qualms there I mean it's needle in a haystack for who's going to be the guy who's going to be the WR1 out there I'm moving over to Andy his sell highs are Preston Williams and Aaron Jones and his buy lows are Nikhil Harry and Stefan Diggs which yeah we've, we've had mm. Preston Williams as a suggestion for a sell high and buy low uh, his season was just getting off the ground last year when he uh, was out for the rest of the season. But um, you've, you've got to wonder what the quarterback situation is going to be in Miami this year. Is Tua going to see the field in week one? A lot of people are saying that he's going to sit out the entire season. So we've got another year of uh, Fitz magic. So who knows what's going to happen there? And, and Devontae Parker, we've been saying this for every year for the past, it seems, eternity, that this is going to be Devontae Parker's breakout year. Aaron Jones, he was very dependent on rushing touchdowns last year. He scored a lot of them. And Green Bay, who knows what happened in their in their draft this year? Who knows what the front office is thinking? But it seems that they've not got full confidence in, in Aaron Jones either. And we've we've obviously got Williams in the same backfield who was, was taking carries and receptions off Jones last year. And Jones, you'd think that there would be some regression on his touchdowns and he would be a player to, to ship this offseason. And then looking at Nikhil, Harry, and Diggs. So Harry, he was the Patriots' first-round pick. He hasn't come into his own yet. He, he did have that wonderful play last year where he seemed to, um, how he stayed in bounds running, running from about the 10-yard line was, was quite incredible. So the, the guy's clearly got some talent. And Stidham, going into his season, taking over, from Tom Brady, if she's filling those shoes, he's going to need he's going to need a, a security blanket. He's going to need that receiver that he goes to, and obviously Edelman is still there until the blockbuster trade to to Tampa Bay inevitably happens at some point. But um, Nikhil Harry could could be in line as the as the number one target for for Stidham heading into the season. And mm. Stefan Diggs, I am really excited. I don't think you'll actually get him that low. But I'm really excited to see him uh, with the, the Jared Allen connection in Buffalo. I think he is going to be phenomenal out there. 
and I'm really Jared Allen. He's Jared Allen's retired a couple of years ago. <laughs> <You're Joshua. laughs> um, Stefan, yeah, Stefan Diggs is an interesting one. Like by lowest, like, I've got him in a couple of leagues. And I'm not selling him for anything less than at least a, a wide receiver and a, and a first round pick, uh, which probably may be a bit too high. But yeah, I don't think um, Stefan Diggs is necessarily a buy low. No, he's a buy, but yeah, there's there's going to be a lot, a lot to yeah. ship out for there. I mean, if you went to Jacksonville, he'd be a buy low. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So moving on to the feedback that we've had from Twitter. So first up is Five Yard Rush. So their sell highs are CMC, Barkley, and Zeke. Now that is three statement sell highs, and the justification for that is purely because they are obviously incredible running backs, but for the for the price that you can get for them, you can get decent alternatives. That yeah, there's going to be drop off, but you can um, certainly in in rebuild modes you will be able to. And players can't maintain running backs, especially can't maintain their value year after year after year. Mm. And for the buy low candidate, we've got Robert Woods with uh, Brandon Cooks departing from Los Angeles. We're going to have some more targets in the uh, in the Jared Goff in the Arsenal to go to him. So yeah, a, a good buy low candidate there. Love, yeah. Love, love Robert Woods. Yeah. And while we're talking about five yeah. yard rush. Yeah, I think, I think the, the caveat, sorry, the caveat, the caveat for the running backs, I think was if you're in a rebuild and you want to get rid of a uh, thingy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Just while to caveat. we're talking about the five yard rush, we, we have got the winner of the giveaway to announce. So I'll hand over we, to Tim. We do, yes. So we are giving away a fantasy playbook, which is available on Amazon and on the website, Five Yard Rush. Our good friends, Murph and Stocks, uh, put, and, and, and Chris, uh, sorry, and Chris Mitchell and, and all the good boys over there putting their heart and soul into it. Go and, go and check it out. But uh, yeah, the winner of the prize, one we've got three to give away. This is one of, this is the first of those. Uh, at Big Willy 13. Now that's a 13th of the his Big Willy clan. That's unconfirmed. Um, but yeah, he is the winner of the playbook. So we'll post it out on Twitter, get in touch with us, and we will, we'll sort you out with a uh, fantasy playbook from the boys over at Five Yard Rush. Uh, so it might be worth clarifying what he said, actually. Yeah, so, so Derek Henry, so that was always going to be a winner, wasn't it? And then his buyers were Preston Williams, uh, which is interesting because that's obviously against uh, Andy Moore's uh, advice there uh, and also a buy for Christian Kirk as well. Yeah, and, and Preston Williams, I completely forgot about him, if I'm perfectly honest. And it was Preston Williams. Oh, Preston Williams, yes, of course. And he was... Um, yeah. For somebody that doesn't finish the season, it, it, it is easy to forget about them. So, um, yeah, Preston Williams, he is one of those. Could he could he bounce back this year, or is he going to is he going to be the next Kevin White? Yeah. So, which, which side <laughs> of the fence are you sitting on? Is is the question that we're asking ourselves with Preston Williams? So, just looking at a couple of the other suggestions that we've had. So, at Fantasy Force FB and at FF Superflex Guru have both suggested AJ Brown. As sell highs, obviously he had a tremendous campaign last year, but they don't think it can be matched moving into 2020. And we've also got some more people that have suggested Brandon Cooks. So at Crane AC27 and at Fantasy Force FB again, both said both said Brandon Cooks. Uh, Raheem Muster, he's he's one that has come up a couple of times as a buy-low candidate at the moment, and also myself was somebody that suggested him as as one of those candidates. So with Breeder being shipped out to Miami, uh, Jarrett McKinnon, we're, we're here wondering if he will ever see the football again. Raheem Muster, I think he's going to be the number one candidate for um, the, the number of touches in Kyle Shanahan's offence. 
No, I, 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 I agree. It's, it's, it's an interesting one, Raheem Mostert, because there's so many, usually so many pieces to the pie there. Um, yeah, you always, you always worry about... Um, yeah, I know they were like top, top three of, of rushing yardage per game, uh, per each game, and uh, Raheem Mostert obviously at the top there. So you are, it depend, depends on the price. There's going to be some people that are really high on him, especially 49ers fans. Uh, but you, know, you might get a few leagues where people are trying to, trying to sell him. So yeah, it just depends on, depends on the league. But again, if you're, if you're in a tight spot at the running back position, you kind of want to try and bolster it and, and when you're going all in. Like Leonard Fournette, I suppose Raheem Mostert is probably a cheaper option. I was going to say, um, this also plays in with, again, not that I want to just uh, crap all over Jimmy Garoppolo here, but he, he's going to be it. the primary offense, offensive weapon for them. Um, uh, the only uh, possible downside, but this is getting into way high-level stuff, is just how creative Carl Shanahan is with his plays. Could he use Debo Samuel as a decoy quite a bit uh, on running plays as well to take touches away from most of um, but yeah, I, I love the most of by low. Love it. Wonderful. So to finish out the podcast, we are going to play a quick game of the fantasy equivalent of Snog Mario Void, and that is buy, drop, sell. So I will alternate between the two of you. I will give you three options, and you've got to tell me which one of these you are buying, which one you are selling, and which one you are dropping. So Tim, we'll start with you. We're going to look at quarterbacks and we're going to go for Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. Jesus. Uh, right, okay. So buy, well, we've got buy, sell and drop. Uh, sell Lamar Jackson, obviously, because he's my sell high. Um, buy, I'd probably buy Dak because he's the cheapest and God, you've got to drop my Patrick Mahomes, Jesus. Um, yeah, that's, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, that yeah I suppose. In there just to... I mean, I mean, if there's if there's a, if there's a hold, it'd be Patrick Mahomes. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd buy Dak because he's the cheapest, and he's uh, again, you know, he can still produce. Well, I'm hoping he'll produce kind of similar levels to the, I mean, the other two on on their own. But yeah, you have to sell Lamar Lamar Jackson, so that leaves unfortunately leaves a drop in Patrick Mahomes. Okay, Dave, we are looking at free agents. So we have got Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, oh. and Devonta Freeman. <laughs> Um, I'm buying Devonta Freeman. Um, um, oh God, I'm selling Josh Gordon, dropping Antonio Brown. Yeah, Moral. Yeah. <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure who you're selling Josh Gordon to. <laughs> well, you, um, yeah. you can probably there might be still a wacko in the league that would buy Antonio <laughs> Brown off you just on the off chance he plays ten snaps in the next season. Well, I think Josh Gordon has applied for reinstatement, hasn't he? So uh, we we could be seeing Josh mm-hmm. Gordon uh, what is it five point oh in this attempt yeah. to get back into the league. Yeah, Okay, Tim, we are looking at top scorers of their categories in twenty nineteen. So we've got Christian McCaffrey, Mike Thomas, and Travis Kelsey. They're not easy for you, are they? Um, no, no, but Dave's one was quite brutal as well. So, uh, okay, I would buy. Uh, that's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I suppose Kelsey's going to be the cheapest, but then he's also the oldest. Uh, I would sell CMC. I would. I'll buy Kelsey because he's going to be the cheapest, and then uh, I suppose you have to drop Michael Thomas. Oh uh, no, actually, no. I'll, I'll change that. I'll buy. I'll buy Michael Thomas. And because you might be able to get him off of someone that thinks Drew Brees is obviously retired next year, and then I'll, I'll drop Kelsey's age, despite and again, tight end production can be is, is not great. He's not you're not missing a lot if you're dropping tight ends. So yeah, there you go. Sell CMC, buy Thomas, drop Kelsey. But to you, Dave, with 
we're going back to quarterbacks, but this time it is the 40-plus club. So we have got Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Philip Rivers. Um, well, I'm going to drop Brady. I can tell you that much. Um, and I reckon... I reckon I will buy Rivers and sell Breeze because I reckon Breeze is gone this year, um, after this year. Rivers might have one more year in him, maybe two. And uh, Brady, just because I'm, I'm not buying into the Brady books hype train. Yeah, Breeze is oh, already man, put- no, I'm, I'm all over selling Breeze, uh, dropping Breeze and, and selling, uh, selling Brady. Brady's going to be... Think, Brady's, Brady's, Brady's value is on the floor. It's one New Orleans bias coming in there. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, no, Brady, Brady's value is on the floor. And then when he went to Tampa Bay, everyone seems to love him again. You'll still be able to get something decent. Uh, I think Breeze has gone after this year. I think Brady might have two years, and then Rivers might have one or two years. But Rivers would be the top scorer out of those three. So buy him. Okay, Tim, over to you. And we have got sophomores that were first-round picks last year. So we've got Marquise Hollywood-Brown. We've got Nikhil Harry and Josh Jacobs. Oh Jesus! Uh, okay, I will buy. Ooh, Hollywood's quite high. I will drop Harry because he's not done anything yet. I will buy. Uh, buy, buy, sell. I'll sell G. I'll sell Hollywood because he's he's stocked quite high at the moment, and I'll I'll buy I'll buy Jacobs because uh, there's quite a few people not buying into his three down back that potentially what he could have. So there you go. That's what I'll go. And finally, Dave, we have got the Johnsons. So we have got David Johnson, we have got Duke Johnson, and we have got Deontay Johnson. Oh, I think I'll buy Deontay Johnson straight off the bat. Um, I think there's a lot of upside to be had there. And then, oh, God. You have to drop Duke. You have yeah, to drop Duke. Uh, do he's, the running back, he's the running back behind David Johnson. But do I trust David Johnson though? Uh, trust him. <laughs> trust him. <laughs> For one year. <laughs> um, right, I'm, I'm buying Deontay. And yeah, I'll, for this year, I'll drop Duke and sell David. Oh, God, it's too confusing there because we're all DJs <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, D Johnson has had uh, quite some, uh, it's been quite a controversial story in my home league. So uh, in his in David Johnson's 2016 breakout season, um, somebody in our league had David Johnson and Duke Johnson, and they mistakenly dropped David Johnson from their oh, roster. <laughs> and yeah, our fantasy commissioner has never worked so hard in their entire life having to sort this one. And they were able to reclaim David Johnson for a draft pick fine the next year. But yeah, that did uh, that caused quite some confusion and quite some controversy in uh, in my home league. That one. <laughs> So, wonderful. That concludes today's podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure and here's to many more. So, you can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Uh, make sure you're following us as well at F10Y Fantasy. Uh, Tim, where can they find you on Twitter? I am Tim underscore Monk at uh, F10Y. I just want to get a quick shout out to... Uh... So all the content that's going up on the site as well from all our, all our branches. So we've got like card articles, NFL articles, college articles, and so some fancy ones as well, loads of stuff, and even a piece on mental health by Michael. Um, so yeah, head over to, to fortenyards.com as well for, for loads of great content, loads of more stuff coming over the next couple of weeks as well. And Dave, where, where can we find you on Twitter? 
Uh, my username was made whilst I was still at university, so it's a bit stupid. But uh, <laughs> it's like that old Hotmail address, isn't it? But it's uh, Davy Remixed, which is D-A-V-I-E Remixed, all one word. Wonderful. So we'd love to hear your opinions from today's show. Uh, we'd love to know what, what you think we've got wrong, what, what you think we've got right. And uh, here's to the next podcast. So it's been an absolute pleasure, gentlemen, and I will speak to you very soon. Thanks for listening. For listening to the Full 10 Yards podcast, follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.